If you got your Bibles with you today, would you open your Bibles to the book of Luke? Luke is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke are were disciples. They all have that the same story that I'm going to share with you today. Um, they, if you look at it in Matthew, if you look at it in Mark, um, the same story is there also in Luke. I strongly believe that um, all these stories in the Bible, um, God has a purpose for them. And there are many gems in there that, that we can pick out if, as we read. Every time we read through the Word, there's a gem for us. And we, we are in this series right now talking about um, changes. Uh, I don't know if you would agree with me, uh, everybody, but change is hard. It's really hard. This morning when I came here, um, I looked at this pulpit, and it's, it's not the pulpit I had. And it's, it's really different, and it sits way back here now in the light. I used to have it way up there in the dark. And I said right away, hey, let's move the pulpit up forward. And they said, okay. But I said, no, no, no. I got to put up with the changes that they, they do. I did win, though, although I, I won because um, I didn't have to come out through the curtains like, like they do. Yeah, we sat, we sat over there. Only because there was a lot of stuff back there um, this morning. But change is not easy. And especially godly change. Things that God wants you to do. How many of you found out that walking with the Lord is not easy? Yeah, you know, um, I always felt like I was a tough guy in the old days. Where, you know, you don't need to tell me nothing. I know everything. And I felt like that. And then when I came to church and I started to come to church, I started to learn about some of the things that God wanted me to do. Like, Like say I'm sorry. And I, the tough guy that I was, I said, I can do anything. <clears throat> and then when it was time to go say sorry to my wife, I can do that. Honey, I, 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 that's okay. It was her fault anyway. <clears throat> you know, there are some things that you think you can do, but you cannot do. And we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that God wants to do in our lives and Coming out of this story about a paralyzed man and trying to find the gems that would speak to us about what Jesus did with him, that it relates to our lives. And what we want to do is when we're, at, um, we're done this morning, we want to make sure that we really get what the story is all about. And so I'm going to be reading out of the message paraphrase, Luke chapter 5. And you can follow along on your outlines if you don't have your Bible with you today. But I would encourage you to bring, bring your Bibles. Okay, here it goes. One day, Jesus was teaching in a home. And they had come from every village and even as far away as Jerusalem to be there. Some men arrived carrying a paralegic, uh, paraplegic man on a stretcher. And they looked for a way to get into the house to set him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and they removed some tile and they let him down in the middle of everyone right in front of Jesus. You know, it was because of this story I stopped having Bible study at my house. Because I was afraid somebody was going to take my roof apart and bore a hole in it to let somebody down. But, but think about this story. Here's the picture. Jesus is in a packed 
crowded room, standing room only, even people outside of the windows looking in. And he looks up because he hears some noises going on up there. Probably some stuff is falling on him. And pretty soon there's a hole getting bigger and bigger. He sees four men now lowering their friend down on a stretcher. Right in front of Jesus. Right in the middle of his sermon. I call that an interruption. How would you think this man, this paralyzed man felt? His friends just tore apart somebody's roof. And he's thinking, I ain't going to pay for this. But somebody's got to pay for it. They let him down. People are staring at him. And he is disturbing Jesus right in the middle of the sermon. And I was thinking, what would Jesus say to him? What is Jesus thinking? Excuse me, you're interrupting. Something like that. I mean, I'm in my most important point of my sermon. But that's not what Jesus said. The story is also in Matthew. Matthew chapter 9 verse 2. They brought to, a, to Jesus a man who was paralyzed and lying on a mat. And then Jesus said to the paralyzed man. Let's all say this together. Ready? Go. Be encouraged, young man. If you're taking notes this morning. <clears throat> the first thing that Jesus does is he shows that he cares. He shows that he cares. Because he cares about how this man felt. Jesus cares about how you feel. He cares about your discouragement. If you feel lonely, he cares about your loneliness. If you feel worried or scared or insecure or anxious about the future, Jesus cares. And that's exactly where he started with this man. He gives him an encouraging word. So let me give you an encouraging word this morning. Now, I don't know what you're going through or what you're facing this week or what you had faced last week. But I do know this. Here's the word. God cares about you. He really does. And so you might say then, because there's so much stress in my life. There's so much worries in my life. What do I do with all these things? And the answer is simple, but it's not easy to do. But this is what you got to do. You got to give them to Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. Give all your worries. What does all mean? Oh, you guys still smart, yeah? <laughs> all means all. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about what happens to you. That's the starting point. And you know what? The safest place to be is in the will of God. Now notice the second thing that Jesus does with this guy. In Luke chapter 5 verse 20. Then Jesus said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So on your, on your notes, would you do this? Would you write, he forgives your sins. Now something's really wrong here because this man did not come asking for forgiveness. This man was more interested in his external problems. Which you know what? Being human beings, that's what we are mostly. We're, we're more concerned about what's happening on the outside. But Jesus was kind of looking in on the inside. And not the inside of our bodies, but into our soul. 
And Jesus looks beneath the surface. And he looks beneath the symptoms. And he deals with real issues. Now listen, when Jesus works in your life, he always works on your heart first. He looks at this man and he saw that this man was physically paralyzed, but he knew that he had a hidden wound in his heart and he was emotionally paralyzed too. This man was paralyzed by his past, like many of us are. You cannot get on with the future if you're stuck in the past. And so, if you're stuck in the past, you cannot get on with the present. And you're certainly not going to move into the future. So Jesus comes and he deals with the real issue. And he says, friends, your sins are forgiven. Folks, everybody needs to hear those three words. You are forgiven. Why? Because we all have made mistakes. None of us is perfect. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not perfect. (laughs) You guys really enjoy that, yeah? (laughs) We are not perfect. So you know what that means? We all need forgiveness. Every one of us. And guilt paralyzes you. So, the good news is that Jesus Christ came to eliminate our guilt. And that's what the cross is all about, folks. That's what Christmas is all about. Christ coming to earth for us because he loved us so much. And we all need to know how he forgives. And the Bible is very clear about that. So, you can fill in these blanks. Jesus forgives me instantly. Instantly. Isaiah 55 verse 7. God is merciful and quick. What does quick mean? Wiki, wiki, fast. Yeah. Fast to forgive. It doesn't say he tries to make you suffer. (laughs) Suffer. That's not the way God forgives. You see, that's the way we forgive. Right? We first, we want to make you hurt. Yeah. Yeah. We want you to feel. Yeah, we want you to know how hurt we are. So we want to hurt you back. But Jesus never makes us wait. He never delays. He never says, I'm going to think about it. The moment that you ask for forgiveness, it's instant. What a blessing. And then you know what else? Jesus forgives you completely. And that means every sin in your life. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. He has forgiven, oh, there's that word again, all your sins. He has utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments which always hung over our heads. And he has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. So Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross and your sins were nailed to the cross with him. Now here's the point. Some of you have asked God to forgive you for a sin, but you keep hanging on to it. You're still holding on and it's making you feel guilty every time you think about it. 
Folks, if you feel guilty over a sin that has been confessed and repented of, that guilt is not from God. That guilt is from the devil. And you need to forgive yourself. And you know what else? He forgives us freely. Everybody say this like the way I'm going to say it. Freely. Freely. Yeah. We're all looking for deals during this season. Free stuff, right? Yeah. It's a gift that comes from God and it's free. He forgives us. Romans 3.22 God says He will accept us and acquit us and declare us not guilty if, everybody say if, because there's a, there's a cause, I mean, there's something right here. If we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sin, no matter who we are or what we have been, I love that, what we've been like, no matter who we are or what we've been like, and that includes all of us, folks, it's free. And I don't care what you have done in your life. Jesus Christ wants to be your friend. And He wants to have a relationship with you because that's what you were put on this earth for. You were made to have a relationship with God. And if you miss that, you miss the purpose of your life. The purpose of your life is not to make lots of money. It's not to only retire and then die. The purpose of your life is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. God wants a relationship with you. And He wants to be your friend. And He wants you to be His friend no matter what you have done. And folks, when I learned that a long time ago, that God loves me no matter what, that's when I made my decision. I said, wow, He loves me no matter what I've done. And then later on I found out, but he loves me too much for leaving me that way. He wants me to become more like Jesus Christ. Not God, but more Christ-like. And that God is the one that gave his son, Jesus, to die for me. To die for you. It's so important that we understand that Jesus Christ forgives instantly, completely, and freely. Because if you don't understand that, every time something goes wrong, guess what? You're blaming God. God punishing me. I must be bad, so God is doing this to me. God already took the punishment through His Son, Jesus Christ, for our sins on the cross. And He paid for all of them. God's not mad with you. And so we need to come to Christ and say, Christ, Lord Jesus, change me. You don't have to live with your guilt. And when you really grasp that one of the ways He changes you is that He sets you free from guilt. And there's only one logical response to this. And that is gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thanks so much. You love me no matter what. Because when I think about my past, knowing me as I do and knowing my past, I'm amazed that God could love and forgive a heart like mine. And so if you come to Jesus and you honestly say to Him, I don't want to be like how I used to be. 
I want to change. I want to be a different person. Then the first thing he'll do is he'll ease your fears and he'll he'll come and eliminate your guilt because that's what will happen. And then he does this third thing, which he did for the the paralyzed guy. Um, You might want to write this in your outline. He will enable you to do what seems impossible. (laughs) You know, I, I didn't think that it was impossible to say that I was sorry. But yet when that time came, it was hard to do because you cannot do it on your own. You need, you need help. And that's why we need Jesus. In Mark chapter 2, verses 10 and 12, then Jesus turned to this paralyzed man and he said, Stand up! Everybody say that. Stand up. Because that's the word we're going to use today. Stand up. Take your mat and go on home. You're healed. The man jumped up, took the mat, pushed his way through the, the stunned onlookers, and they all praised God. We have never seen anything like this before, they exclaimed. Now think about this. Jesus asked this guy to do the very thing that he was unable to do his entire life. Up to now, he had been carried everywhere. And Jesus looks at him and he says, You're healed. I want you to stand up and take up your mat and go home. Get out of here. What is God asking you to do that looks impossible in your life? I want to say this. God's testing your faith. Are you going to place your faith in Him? You might have areas in your life that... You would like to change. You know, there are things in your life that um, is under your control. And, and, and God wants you to turn it over to Him. Things that is, is hard. And you would say, impossible. Things like, I'll never be able to break this habit. I'll never be able to recover from that failure. I'll never be able to start over. I'll never never be able to love again. I'll never be able to find someone I can have a relationship with. I'll never be able to be different. I'm not ever going to see my dream realized. I'm never going to become what I've always wanted to be. Or, I can never forgive that person who hurt me. And you know what? If you're saying that, you're right. Because you are emotionally paralyzed. And that's why you need Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 10 verse 27, Jesus said, Without God, it is utterly impossible. But with God, everybody say this with me, With God, everything is possible. You see, the greatest need that you and I have is not relief. Our greatest need for the problems that we have is to really see how big God is. To understand the greatness and the love and the majesty and the forgiveness of God. And the reason that our problems look so big is because we got our eyes on our problems all the time. But when you look at God and realize how great God is, everything else shrinks in comparison. And you realize nothing is impossible for God. 
So here's the good news. When God asks you to do something that seems impossible, He gives you the power to do it. I'm so glad that I learned how to say I'm sorry to my wife. Because um, I'd probably be in a doghouse today. Anybody been there? And you know what? Most of the time, I'm right. Not her. <laughs> no, it's not like that. I'm just glad that I started to do things that God wanted me to do because it just made my life better. So when God does ask you to do something, He'll give you the power to do it. And the moment that this man decided to get up, God gave him the power to get up. And He gives you the power to do whatever He asked you to do. And so let me ask you, what change in your life seems impossible? Are you in a relationship right now that is dying before your eyes? And you can't stop it? You, you feel powerless, hopeless, and helpless? Are you consumed with some painful memories that you cannot forgive and you cannot forget and you're stuck? You're stuck in a habit that you have tried so many times to change, but you cannot. Many, many years ago when I was pastoring in the Puna Church, a lady came up to me because I had spoken about forgiveness that day. And she said, Pastor, can you pray for me? Because I have not um, talked to my mother for over 10 years. And she was about to go and speak to her mother. And she needed the power. And I said, oh, I'm not the one to give you the power. But I know the one who can give you power. And so let's go ask him. And we prayed. And the next Sunday, she and her mother was in church. There's something about what God can do. That man waits 10 years for. What change? Is in your life that seems impossible. Because what I'm sharing with you this morning. Jesus Christ specializes in those situations. He is the God of the impossible. And man, many of us. We're like this paralyzed guy. We might be paralyzed by depression. We might be paralyzed by envy or indecision. Or worry, or shame, or guilt, or fear. You might feel like I'm stuck. And I don't know what to do. I'm going to say something to you. It, it, it doesn't, own, I mean, this walk with the Lord is not just about knowing Jesus. Knowing that He can take care of our fears and eliminate, eliminate our guilt and enable us to do what is impossible. It's not just about knowing. It doesn't help um, knowing that you, you know, that you doing devotions all the time or coming to church on Sundays or reading the Bible from the beginning to the end, year after year. That's not, just, that's not all of it. Listen carefully. You got to do what it says. You got to apply it in your life. 
You see, that's Holy Spirit stuff. When people talk about Holy Spirit, folks, that's Holy Spirit stuff. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When you are living the life that Christ wants you to live. And so, what we're sharing this morning is there are things that we got to do. You know what this man did? The first thing he did was he turned to Jesus Christ. Think about this. He could have just stayed home. When Jesus came to town, he could have just stayed home. But he turned to Jesus. And I'm sure that this man had seen so many doctors. I mean, over the years, he probably had gone to many therapies and treatments and possible cures and solutions, but all of them didn't work for him. And he was probably pretty discouraged. But it is human behavior that we always turn to something or somebody else before we go to God. And we think, well, we can handle. We can handle this problem on our own. We can, we can make this marriage work. I can handle the habit. And I want to say this. No, you can't. Because when we finally hit bottom, then we say, Oh, I will try God. Folks, that's not the way to do it. We got to go to God first. I mean, save yourself a lot of pain and turn to Jesus. Amen? Amen. And you know what else he did? You see, you must believe that Jesus Christ can and will help you. And that's what this man did. I don't think he would have put himself through all that embarrassment. (laughs) Grand entrance. Allowing his friends to tear up somebody's roof. They, they dropped him in front of a bunch of people. I mean, oh boy, all this stuff. It's not enough just to come to Christ. It is not enough just to believe that he can change you. This is what else he did. You got to do it. And that's what I mentioned. Do whatever God tells you to do, even though it seems impossible. It's a test. It's stretching your feet. It's a matter of trust, a matter of obedience. Jesus looks at the guy and he says, I want you to get up. Get up. I want you to take your mat. And I want you to leave this room, go on home because you have been healed. It was impossible. But he got up. He did it. And the moment that he decided to do it, as soon as he stood up, his legs and his arms were filled with the strength that he never had in his life. And he did it, and he did what he never had done before. Now, what if this man had not done what Jesus asked him to do? What if he just came to Jesus and believed that he could and would be healed, but he had not obeyed him? I'll tell you what, he would still be lying on his mat. So are you going home today and lie down on your mat in front of the TV and say, boy, that was a good message, but it doesn't apply. 
My situation is too hard, too difficult, too tough, too impossible. It cannot relate to me. Are you going home and lay on your mat and be paralyzed for another week? Get up. That's our word today. Get up. You know, I know during Christmas time, joy to the world, but there are still people struggling. There are still marriages being attacked. And the Lord is saying, get up. I'm so glad that I got up when there were times when Verna and I would argue in our, our marriage. <coughs> and we could go on for weeks being mad at each other. But the Lord saying, get up. Oh, Lord, but it's not my fault. It's her fault. Get up. And I would go and say, I'm sorry. And things would get better. <coughs> All because Jesus said, get up. And I'm thinking, why do we lay on our mats and remain paralyzed? Go ask for forgiveness. Well, it was not my fault. But Jesus is asking you, get up. There might be some that never accepted Christ into your life. And the Lord's saying, get up. That's our word for us today. <coughs> some of you need to go to that prayer room over there and get them to pray for you. I got prayed for today, this morning. Pastors need prayer too. Get up. Whatever it takes, get up. Pastor Sheldon, would you come up? Thanks so much for having us here this morning. Let's do that physically. Would you all get up right now? Let's stand right now. Boy, what a timely message. Perfect for the holiday season. And a lot of our family and friends are going to be home. We welcome our college kids back home and people traveling. If you're visiting, we welcome you. You know, one thing that really caught me was the moment I make the decision to do what God has asked me to do is the moment He gives me the power to do the impossible. Otherwise, it's unused power. It's there, but we need to be the ones who say, I'm going to move in that power. It's always available. He's just waiting for us to move in it. Would you bow your heads with me as we close in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the privilege of being a part of what you're doing. And you, you always give us the power to do the impossible. But you're waiting for us to make a decision to do what seems impossible. I know there's some this morning, Lord, that maybe they're distant from you. They don't have a relationship with you. Or maybe they feel so guilty that they feel they cannot come to you. But you have forgiven us of all of our sins. You have washed us clean. You paid the price for our sin. And so, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning, would you touch their hearts in such a way that they would understand that they are unconditionally loved by you. If there's nothing they can do that will make you love them any less, there's nothing that they can do that will make you love them any more. You love us just as we are, but you love us so much that you have a plan for us. It's infinitely better than our plans for ourselves. And you want to help us to change. If you've never
never received Jesus, you've never given him your heart, you've never said a prayer to him to forgive you of your sins, this morning we're all going to say this prayer together, but especially for those who have never said yes to Jesus Christ before, would you make this your prayer? God hears you, but we're going to pray this together. Would you repeat after me and just add the heart? Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you died on the cross. Thank you for washing me clean and making me brand new. I believe you died on the cross and you rose again to give me eternal life. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Closed. If you said that, if you said that prayer for the very first time, would you just lift the hand? I want to pray over you real, real briefly. Good. Anybody else who said yes to Jesus? Good. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. Anybody else who said yes to Jesus? Good. God sees your hand. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Anybody else who said yes to Jesus for the very first time? Okay. You can put your hands down. How many of you would say, you know, I'm a Christian. I've been walking with the Lord for a while, or, or maybe you just recently received Him. But, but you're saying, boy, I, there's things that God is asking me to do. And so I'm asking Him for the power to be a doer of His Word. And if that's you, would you lift a hand this morning? And you're saying, I want to be a doer of His Word. Good. Many of us can put your hands down. Lord, our prayer this morning is simply to obey You. You will give us the power to do so. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.